Well, thank you and uh, good afternoon, everybody. By the way, I, I've had about four different working titles to my slot. Sorry, so, tell us. Uh, 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 so what I've decided to do um, is to talk a tiny bit about what I think uh, is the current world we live in as a trade union uh, movement um, and the challenges we face. I'm going to ask my good friend uh, Roger to wave at me when I've done nine minutes. Um, <laughs> Um, but I want to correct you, not, not to be pedantic, um, but, but I cover energy and utilities. Mm. Sorry. But I also cover construction and led mm -hmm. the union's negotiations in the uh, Union Unite's first merger with another industrial union, UCAT. And I say those things for a reason, Sarah, as I say. Not no, don't, I just had a tiny note no, no, here, but no, no. please do. So, so, um, so I'm going to start uh, by reading something out, which isn't normally what I would do. Um, but what I'm going to read out is something that um, somebody called Deborah Hargreaves, who very recently resigned as director uh, of the High Pay Centre. Now, um, I was thinking, what am I going to say? What shall I, how, how shall I approach this? And then when I read this, I thought, oh my goodness, this is a mirror image of a world that I live in. So, um, so forgive me for reading this out. Um, she, she, she... She's uh, organising a project, the Feminine Corporation, reimagining corporate governance from a female point of view. And she says, today's prevailing company structure in the Anglo-Saxon world is a 19th century construct overlaid with successive corporate governance tweaks. She goes on, the dominant structure is one set up by men to suit a male career pattern, leaving women to fit in around them. Women have fought for and achieved huge concessions in the form of paid maternity and more recently paternity leave, the right to request flexible working, job share and part-time roles. Women have also seen big advances in pay but famously still, not, still do not earn as much as men. She goes on, the dominant corporate structure has been remarkably successful in enduring, partly because it has shifted enough in the direction of women's needs to make it look as if it's open to change. But the structure itself is essentially unmoving and women's requirements are accommodated in the margins. And she goes on to talk about government policy review bemoans the lack of women in senior positions in the corporate world without looking into the entrenched reasons behind the high dropout rate for professional women as they encounter the difficulties of balancing childcare and career. Um, she talks about women bearing the brunt of insecure employment conditions of the modern workplace while they try to juggle jobs, childcare and low wages. Uh, uh, and she says, um, as we face a potential disruption to the workplace represented by the rise of artificial intelligence, uh, and in the wake of the Me Too movement, it's Im important that women's voices do not get forgotten. And I have forgotten, I have to tell you, she, has anybody read um, uh, Grace and Perry's book, the descent of man. Now, well, I'm going to because she says he calls white middle-class middle-aged men the default man who holds all the power. Default man's worldview is woven into government, the media, and business practices, giving the fabric of society a bias in favour of his race, sex, and class. She says Perry's point is that the default male view of the world has become the norm. We take it as a sensible rational approach to the world, the status quo. Uh, default man has forged society in his own image, his identity masquerades as normal. He prioritises rational goals like profit, efficiency, self-determination and ambition over emotional rewards like social cohesion, quality of life 
culture and happiness. And she concludes, and this reminds me of the Lehman brothers. Who remembers Harriet Harman's comment? If it were Lehman's sisters, would we have had the mm. 2008 collapse? If a predominance of women were running companies rather than just one or two drafted in as non-executive directors and a handful of FTSE 100 chief executives, firms might be organised in different ways. This would also benefit men and wider society. And when I read that, it may come as a terrible shock to you in this room, I thought one could interchange that um, with the world I work and live in uh, as a trade union official because it really uh, rang true to some of the challenges we have. So if you look at the kind of, you know, how I see, how we see contemporary trade union activities currently, um, John referred to it, other people have referred to it, um, fresh in my mind were the actions only last week, uh, McDonald uh, uh, workers came out, they came out in various cities across our country, TGI Friday, protesting uh, against the tips rip-offs. Again, they came out in, uh, uh, on the same day. Weatherspoons mm -hmm. workers in Weatherspoons pubs uh, came, came out, and they were joined by people working on uh, gig platforms, um, Uber Eats and Deliveroo. And somebody said of those actions last week, what we're seeing, and I quote, is a new wave of confidence spreading among young people. Now, um, I just thought it was really interesting, in the two Weatherspoon pubs uh, that were effectively closed down, staff were told um, very speedily that no pay would be deducted um, and there would be no uh, victimisation or recrimination. Um, and bear in mind, by the way, that um, I'm not sure if any of those actions abided by the niceties set out mm. in the Trade Union Act. Um, <laughs> I rather think they didn't. And what they were doing was not only appealing to their cohorts, because these were solid actions that closed establishments down, but they were appealing to public opinion quite effectively. Mm. So we saw last week um, uh, uh, an announcement of the Conservative Party policy that finally they're going to take action on the tips rip-off. Well, the uh, devil uh, is in the detail, but I do think that is an interesting move. And October is a very interesting month for people like me that obsess on equality. Um, first of all, women this month um, might as well stop working because typically they won't be paid uh, uh, for the rest of the year, such as our gender pay gap. Um, and it's also called Black History Month, but a black worker said to me, I'm black all year round. Mm. Um, you know, it's good to have a celebration of our achievements, but actually we still have a way to go. So if you look at TUC affiliates uh, and our membership, um, women are now the majority mm -hmm. of trade union membership. We are the majority. Um, there is a disproportionate high number of black, Asian, ethnic minority uh, workers in membership. Um, uh, and, and yet that isn't reflected in the structures of the union's leadership. Now, I was interested in the example given of the Belgian trade unions, who is rightly has been said, the centres distribute uh, uh, welfare benefits. Uh, quite recently I was in the Belgian trade union centre speaking on the vexed question of uh, migrant workers mm. and the posted workers directive and the UK experience fighting against the odds uh, for, for, for the rate for the job for those workers. And I was cheered up to see loads of migrant, what looked like, migrant workers 
you know, uh, in the building. Not one came to the event. They were all queuing uh, for the for the benefit, and there was no uh, noticeable uh, involvement uh, of, of migrant workers in the union structure in Belgium. Um, so, so, so what, what I wanted to say is that. Um, a challenge for us is to get some of this stuff right at last, at long last. Um, I was um, interested, I was just, I just reflect, flicking through, Sarah used to do all the heavy lifting on uh, the uh, monitoring the unions, giving data to the TUC on our gender, ethnicity and uh, other, other areas. Um, but, and you can have a quick look through the TUC directory and see what unions say about themselves in terms of some of that stuff. But one affiliate that's involved in this new activism um, has no gender split of, uh, data available. Uh, and, by the way, no female officer in their workforce. Another large union has a two-third female membership and nine out of nine of their regional secretaries are still men. Um, and John talked about the TUC era of well, it was Mr. This and Mr. That. It wasn't Mrs. Mm, this no. and Mrs. That, was it? And no. it's still a bit Mr. This and Mr. That, <laughs> if you look at that, that union. Um, now, why does this matter? I mean, it's not just me on my soapbox. It matters because if we look at the challenges of automation, um, artificial intelligence uh, um, algorithms have uh, uh, inherent risk of gender discrimination of race discrimination that could further widen income inequality uh, uh, for, for women, black, Asian, ethnic minority people. And if we look at the skills issues that may arise uh, as we crash out of Brexit, um, I, I um, did some, uh, I drilled down into apprenticeship applicants over a period of four years in one particular area, mechanical and electrical. Um, there was over 350,000 young people applied. Only 20% got through the assessment process. And this is shameful for industry. Only 11% were offered a start, leaving 9% leaving uh, uh, with no opportunity having gone through that assessment. But um, typically only 7% of um, black, Asian, ethnic minority were offered a start, and only 6%. Now, this isn't indirect discrimination or unconscious bias. It is direct discrimination. Um, and it, I think the future must ensure that we start uh, negotiating new technology agreements and skills agreements. Um, collective agreements that have uh, uh, gender-proofed, uh, uh, rigorous gender-proofing. Um, uh, you talked a bit about just transition. Those two words are meaningless unless it's good work, union jobs on union rates in replacement in this process. And we're working with you and with uh, uh, the Labour uh, shadow team. Um, so, 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 so as the... Uh, uh, person strategically responsible for construction, I have to tell you that even after 150 years uh, of trade unionism, um, for women in construction, just to give you a couple of examples, um, welfare issues um, equate to having access to a lavatory. <laughs> um, it's regarded as 
quite progressive if an employer thinks to suggest that a man places himself at the toilet door whilst a woman uses a toilet, simply unable to stick a woman on the toilet and say this is a woman's toilet. Um, and still women are uh, at uh, risk uh, because of ill-fitting personal protective equipment. What could possibly go wrong if your sleeve is trailing behind <laughs> you uh, on a construction site? So, so I just want to reflect on the past because um, the past tells us a bit about our future. I think the future for trade unions in the UK has to be one of uh, diversity and diversity in its leadership, diversity in the way that we do our business, uh, inclusivity. Um, but, but think about how the dockers um, developed industrial trade unionism all those years ago. And they did it having done, having taken lessons from the women of Brian and May. Um, literally lessons from the women of Bryant and May who succeeded in their uh, uh, action and it was from them that the dockers learned their business of industrial trade unionism. So um, to come full circle I think um, our future has to be a bit more female mm -hmm. um, uh, and um, I'm sure that that, that, that uh, uh, rant was justified by one of the invitations I was given on one of the themes, <laughs> I hope so anyway. So thank you. Thank you very much, Gail. Thank you all. Thank you.